0: Welcome along to the Brain for Business, Brain for Life podcast with me, Lauren Snell, where we take the lessons from evidence-based academic research, most particularly involving the brain and behavioral sciences, and translate them in a way that is accessible for leaders and organizations. Before the COVID-19 pandemic struck, remote working, including working from home, was in some cases a luxury and in others a case of organizational trial and error. Yet for many around the world, in March 2020, remote working became a necessity imposed both by governments and employers. In a recent report, a team from Microsoft explored data from over 60,000 Microsoft employees to analyze and understand the organizational impact of this shift. To explore this research further, I'm delighted to be joined by two of the report's authors, Jamie Tivan and Longchi Yang. Jamie Tevan is a Corporate Vice President and Chief Scientist at Microsoft. She's an advocate for finding smarter ways for people to make the most of their time and believes in the positive impact that breaks and recovery have on productivity. Jamie leads Microsoft's Future of Work initiative, which brings researchers from Microsoft, LinkedIn, and GitHub together to study how the pandemic has changed the way we work. Previously, she was the Technical Advisor to Microsoft Chief Executive Satya Nadella and a Principal Researcher at Microsoft Research AI, where she led the productivity team. Her colleague, Longchi Yang, is a Senior Applied Researcher at Microsoft's Office of Applied Research. His research centers around interactive machine learning systems and their applications on future of work, productivity, and well-being. He is currently leading applied research initiatives at Microsoft to understand the impact of remote and hybrid work and build AI systems to enhance new work practices. Jamie, Longchi, it's a pleasure to speak to you both.
1: Thanks. Thanks, good to be here.
0: Thank you for uh, for agreeing to speak to us. Perhaps you might start by telling us a little about your research and why you undertook it.
1: Yeah, sure. So uh, the research that we are talking about is the, the paper that we recently published in uh, Nature of Human Behavior, where we uh, try to understand the causal impacts of remote work. So basically, what happened is, is that during the pandemic, uh, everybody shifts to remote work. And there has been a lot of questions and, and unknowns about what will be the impact of remote work. Um, and, and and answering this question is actually very hard because during the pandemic there are many other things that are happening at the same time as remote work things like lockdown, school closure and all of those things. And from our research perspective, what we really want to do is to really tease out the this kind of pandemic related factors from remote work so that we can understand you know these are the changes that are caused by remote work and that can help us, to make long-term decisions about what are the kind of work that uh, we should um, do going forward. Um, And this is kind of the main motivation behind this work.
2: And the paper that Long-Chi mentions is part of a a larger initiative that we have at Microsoft thinking about how work practices have changed since COVID. you know prior to the pandemic we already had a lot of ways that we were studying productivity we're a productivity company we we use telemetry data we use surveys we have customer panels uh, we actually do a lot of internal studies as well studying our own employees dog fooding software to help okay. people work better um, and in march 2020 when COVID hit and pretty much everybody shifted overnight to become unwitting participants in this giant uncontrolled remote work experiment. Uh, All of these different levers that we have in place to study productivity became focused on what work looks like now. And so uh, there's there's a large effort that we're doing to try and understand what's going on. This is really probably the most significant disruption to work that uh, any of us are going to see in our lifetimes. And uh, there, you know, there's a lot that we have to figure out moving forward.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. And this is one of those great sort of black swan events that has caused a shock to, to, to the, the whole world in the way we live, the, the way we, we work. And if we think then about that, and and obviously as well, link it to, uh, to your research and the findings, what, according to your research, has been the impact of remote working on collaboration?
1: Yeah, so basically after removing the effects of the pandemic, uh, we find that remote work actually causes fewer scheduled meetings, not more, uh, and actually more asynchronous collaboration between people. And at the same time, when it comes to collaboration network, the network actually becomes more siloed. So that means, Um, you know, people spend uh, less time with their cross-group connections, less time with their weak connections, and less time with their bridging connections. And and also, at the same time, we find that remote work makes the workday spent longer. So this doesn't necessarily mean that people work uh, for a longer period of time. It just means that um, people's workday becomes more fragmented, and, and the work is, re- re- is actually spread out throughout the day. Um, and, and also at the same time, al- along with all these effects that we find, we actually see that the impact of remote not only affects those individuals who move to remote themselves, but also those their collaborators that are working in the office. So basically, Put in a scientific term, there's a lot of network effects that are happening here, um, and also there are a lot of individual differences uh, when it comes to the impact of remote work. For example, we find that you know managers are much more impacted than ICs when it comes to communication load, and um, and also you know engineers have m- many more ad hoc calls and IMs as compared to others.
0: And you mentioned there the term asynchronous uh, working or asynchronous co- collaboration. What does that mean in, in practical terms?
1: Yes. So when we say in asynchronous communication, we really mean emails and IMs. So basically, you know, synchronized communication are the, like the kind of meetings that we are having right now, where we talk in real time. But when it comes to emails and IMs, you send something to somebody, you don't expect real time response and people will just look at it at at time when they're available. And
2: there's this really important point related to that, that Longchi mentioned, that's probably worth diving into is, um, you know, there was sort of this belief when when we shifted to remote work, that all of our meetings went up. And like, we all are like, oh my gosh, all I'm doing is spending my whole day on video calls. And uh, one of the things that's interesting, and, and actually the kind of observational data bears that out. You see this huge uptick in meetings and nobody wants more meetings, <laughs> especially not more remote meetings. And when you, uh, when you do this causal analysis, you see that the, that the meetings, the synchronous communication is actually going down and the asynchronous communication is going up. So that's a, that's a really positive shift in terms of not having more meetings. It also carries other sorts of challenges in like what it means for how we get things done, but, but it's a pretty, pretty interesting.
0: And is that a consequence, do, do you think, of that more fragmented nature of the working day that Longchi referred to a moment ago?
2: Yeah, no. I would guess. I would guess that it comes uh, from the more fragment. also actually like who we're collaborating with can change as well. So maybe you're doing ge- when geography is less important for the collaboration, you may be collaborating across time zones. Certainly, asynchronous makes uh, time zone challenges differently. So yes, it's a lot of the like my schedule and my time is looking different than the schedules and the time of other people. Um, there was another shift that that's related to this is even when you look at the synchronous meetings that people were having, you see uh, a shift there where you're moving from fewer scheduled synchronous meetings. And, and overall they're gone gone down, but like even the balance within that, fewer scheduled and more of these spontaneous synchronous meetings. So like, I might be like, hey Long Chi, do you wanna chat real quick before talking to Lori? And he'd be like, sure. And we'll just jump on a call rather than schedule. I would have never, ever, ever done that before the pandemic. <laughs>
0: And, and you mentioned the, the pandemic there, and obviously that's the, the big thing that's that's happened to us all in in the world over the last eighteen months. But has that been the the sole driver of a lot of these patterns? Has that been the sole cause, or has that just been one of those things that's sort of pushed along existing patterns, existing trends, in ways of working?
1: Uh, no, actually. <laughs> The, the point of this paper is that all the effects that we just discussed, they are the effects of remote work after removing the effects of the pandemic. Yeah. And that's kind of one very interesting piece of this work as compared to many kind of correlational trends or observational trends that we see out there that that people have reported. So so basically, you know in in the observational trend, we're it's hard to tell, as you said, whether it's due to the pandemic or due to the remote work. But here in our work, because we use advanced causal inference techniques, we are able to say you know these are the effects uh, from the remote work, not the pandemic.
2: Funny, as you mentioned Laurie, there were there were really significant transitions that were happening in the sort of technology of work space prior to the pandemic that yeah. enabled this to happen like, You couldn't imagine a transition like this happening 20 years ago. We just wouldn't have been able to do that. Um, And like the recent recent technological advances like the move to the cloud, like the proliferation of edge devices, like improvements in AI technology are part of what actually made this shift into a new type of work possible.
0: And what interests me as well, though, is that, as you said, 20 years ago, it quite literally practically would not have been possible. But but even thinking back maybe two, three, four years, of course, the technology may have been nascent or emerging. And some people were trying it. But we also saw Yahoo saying, no, we're cancelling or working from home and bringing everyone back into the office. So some companies were going a certain direction. Other companies were going away from it, even though the technology may have existed.
2: Yeah, so you can think of space as a really powerful technology that humans have been using for millennia yeah. to get things done. And so it's it's a challenge to think about how space interplays with sort of new emerging technologies, the digital technology uh, that we're using. And one of the one of the kind of things that's happened is we've been forced to practice remote work. And we've learned a lot. Like we've learned a lot through our research, but just as individuals. Yeah. We've learned a lot. And moving forward as we start to introduce space as a technology back into our toolset, we can do that in a really intentional way.
0: If we uh, step beyond those initial points about collaboration, have there also been other consequences that emerged or other findings, I should say, that emerged from your research in terms of things like productivity and um, also, I guess, innovation?
1: Yeah, so uh, as you probably heard from Jamie earlier, what this pandemic really tells us is that we need a kind of new definition of pro- productivity and productivity is, is much more than just get things done. It's about collaboration, it's about well-being, and it's about innovation. So the things that we measure and, and we really care about like in terms of the collaboration that we report in this paper, that, that we, we very much view that that is part of the landscape of, of productivity. Um, but at the same time, you know, um, there are some, Past research, uh, even decades of research before this paper, even before the pandemic that has shown there is some relationship between, you know, the remote work uh, and, and the productivity. But really, this is uh, something that is ongoing and, and we, we really need to think about, you know, how to measure productivity in this new era and, and do more research in the space to really uh, come to a conclusion.
0: And then the innovation piece. What about that? You know, if, if we're able, for example, you're both, I, I assume, or I believe, based in, uh, in the US West Coast at the moment, I'm based in Dublin, we're, we're able to have this great conversation. Does that mean that, say, in terms of meeting other people, learning about new ideas and getting that creative abrasion happening, that this sort of remote working might be good for innovation or might there be other challenges?
1: So there there has been decades of research from academia and the research community that has shown that accessing to new information or novel inf- information through weak ties or bridging ties is critical for innovation and, and productivity so the fact that we find you know remote work makes a collaboration network more siloed and people spend less less time with their weak ties Has the potential implications for um, innovation because of that reason and this is also one of the reasons why you know organizations really really need to think about how they can improve remote work experience for example help uh, people make and sustain their weak ties in this remote environment
2: also being in person and brainstorming is like really useful for starting projects getting you know innovating brainstorming like there it's we don't yet have necessarily the best technological solution to gathering around a whiteboard and you know it's really thinking about things. Um, But I think we have the opportunity now to figure that out. And it's exactly as you said, the fact that we're able to talk across time zones and across thousands of miles is really cool. Um, And when you think of the hundreds of researchers at Microsoft who are involved in this new future of work initiative that we're talking about, many of us have never met in person. And that real opportunity to get together and, and, and create something new has been pretty amazing.
1: And even for this work itself, you know, this work about remote work is, is actually done 100% remotely. And, and many of the co-authors, we, we, ha- we have never met each other. Uh, and, and this, is, this like, the, the fact that this paper is able to publish in Nature of Human Behavior actually shows, you know, the, all the benefits and upside of remote work. You can actually, you know, getting and pulling people from many different fields, many different expert areas together to do something important.
0: And if we if we take that then and looking into the future and perhaps building more more broadly on on some of the the, the work that you're doing, but also linking to the research, you know, what do you think are the implications for organisations and and for people leading organisations about how things could be, should be, or might be?
1: Yeah. So um, so as we discussed. You know, this paper, one of the findings is that it highlights that full, full remote work um, will have uh, certain impact on organization networks and organization networks becomes uh, more siloed. Um, so the implication of that is, is that, you know, moving forward, people really, organizations really need, need to think about more flexibility and hybrid work uh, when it comes to, you know, improve the collaboration between information workers. So hybrid work, for example, you could uh, have uh, spend some time in person where people, you know, will can really discuss in person, brainstorming in person, and then sometimes remote when people can really mix the work and live and um, and at the same time, you know, have more focused time to get things done. Um, and and also, you know, because of the network effects that we find in the paper, so it's it's very important, especially in this hybrid. Work environment for a team or the organization to reach an agreement and a coordinate when they come when it comes to you know coming to the office, so that they can sort of set norms and like what times of day, um, you should come to the office so that you can maximize uh, the benefits of the in-person time.
0: Jamie, did you want to comment on that as well?
2: Yeah. No. I mean, and I think Long Chi is 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 exactly right that. Um, the big learning that organizations have found is that productivity is so much more than what people get done and that we need to figure out how to support those, those things that really drive business success um, by thinking about collaboration networks explicitly, exactly as she was saying, and by thinking about innovation and how we're actively supporting innovation and, and actually also thinking about well-being because like the spatial boundaries aren't the only thing that we lost we also lost temporal boundaries when with the, you know fact that our work day started when we got to the office and ended when we went home uh we lost work-life boundaries my kids could come running in here at any moment <laughs> you know um and uh, with the loss of those boundaries, we have to start thinking intentionally about how we're helping people um, replace them and take care of themselves. Um, you know, to, to really drive long term, sustainable, creative innovation. Uh,
0: as I understand it, the, uh, the the returning to to the original research we we're talking about that was based primarily on Microsoft workers in the United States. Is that correct?
1: Yes, that is correct.
0: So if we think both about the the, the key implications of that, but also the implications for for future working, would you expect to see different, uh, I guess, lessons, different trends, different implications in other countries or in other types of workers, say people outside the technology sector?
2: Yeah, we've done a lot of research uh, broadly. Microsoft's a global company, obviously, and so we we think about uh, what work looks like. Um, around the world. And we tend to focus on information workers um, That's sort of historically that's been who we work with, but we, we increasingly are thinking about new ways of work. And actually one of the cool things about this rapid shift to remote work is not only did information workers shift remote because the technology was able, you actually saw other jobs that weren't traditionally thought of as information work <laughs> shift remote. Um, you know, you see... You see healthcare happening remotely in a way that it wasn't prior. Um, you see exercise classes happening <laughs> remotely. Uh, so, so, so we, the, this digital transformation that many fields have gone is going to create the opportunity for um, technology to help support an increasing type of increasing types of work. And you actually, and we, and um, you know, for example, we have a new lab that we've opened up in Kenya, the Microsoft Africa Research Institute, that's been looking at the digital transformation there. And there, you actually see an even more significant impact on um, on that transition. And uh, often, um, organizations are smaller, and you see both not both changes in collaboration networks, not just within an organization, but really across the organizations.
0: And so, into the future, I guess you know, uh, needless to say, perhaps technology of, of whatever form is going to, to continue to, to drive a lot of these. Uh, practices but are there other sort of you know human practices i know the, the launcher you mentioned for example scheduling people coming into an office or or other things are there other you know basic conditions and practices that are really ne- necessary to get the most out of remote or hybrid working
1: yeah as i mentioned you know te- team coordination and agreement is really important when it comes to hybrid work because that's the way that you can maximize you know the benefits of in-person time so the the you know it it the in-person time is only valuable when you both you and your colleagues are in, in in the office at the same time so that you can talk, collaborate, and brainstorm. In fact, I'm in the office right now, and today is our in-person day in our team where we are doing hybrid work. And for example, just to give you an example, you know, in our team, we agree that Wednesday is the day of in-person collaborations and, and we have lots of in-person brainstorming in this particular day. And and this is the way that, you know, we kind of leverage uh, hybrid work in, in, in this space.
0: Jamie Tiefen, Long Longchi Young of uh, Microsoft. Thank you very much for your time. It's been a pleasure speaking to you.
1: Thanks, Laurie. Thank you.
0: Dream Sequence by Lorenzo's Music is licensed under an attribution share and share alike license.